Georgia Tech finally makes the splash. Tyler Santucci is on his way to Atlanta to be the defensive coordinator, and we're going to talk about it here on today's episode of Swarm Talk on the Crowded Booth. Booth with Bryce Coon. Hello, everyone, and most importantly, thank you to Ralph Leary working overtime in the background on a late. This is late on a Friday night. We had a little event we were at uh, tonight. Not me and Ralph. Ralph was at his own event. I was at my own event. Got the news. Uh, shot off a couple texts to some people uh, to get some good information for a late night show that you're watching on Saturday, Sunday, or maybe whenever you're watching this. We appreciate you. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button as well. And we're brought to you by Section 103, the best Georgia Tech gear there is. Well, Brent Key went on the radio in Atlanta earlier this week, and he said, hey, we're almost close to feeling like we got this deal done. And on Friday evening, reports started to surface. Matt Zinnitz, 24-7 Sports, Pete Thamel as well, reporting that Tyler Santucci was the favorite and now the defensive coordinator for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And this is one that, you know, uh, I think I put in our Discord group chat probably either earlier Friday morning or Thursday, if they did odds, betting odds for the Georgia Tech defensive coordinator job, like they're doing for the Alabama head coaching job, Santucci would have been the odds on favorite kind of entering into the latter half of this week. And then obviously we kind of see this one come to fruition. So Tyler Santucci going to be the DC. In this episode, we're going to talk about who he is. I'm going to give you my reaction to the hire. And then where does Georgia Tech go from here? Because it's time to hit the ground running in what is a completely chaotic college football over the past week. And will continue, I believe, into spring ball and then into the summertime as well. But who is Tyler Santucci? Well, this is a guy who is obviously formerly at Duke, was uh, you know Mike Elko's right-hand man, not only at Duke, but at Texas A&M as well. He is a proven recruiter. Uh, I'll just give you some intel And in this. This is a guy that was really heavily involved in a guy down here in Baton Rouge, Harold Perkins' recruitment to Texas A&M. This was an Aggies commit one time that flipped late to LSU. But you're talking about a guy that is you know, uh, s- swimming with the big fish, and that's what Tyler Santucci brings to the table. I'm going to give you my thoughts on this here in a little bit. He's going to remain with his defensive line coach, Jess Simpson, who obviously comes over to Georgia Tech as well. I believe that is huge and a big, big part to keep continuity with those two guys and what they were able to do with a Duke defense that, you know, Ralph can fact check me here. You can fact check me in the comments. It's a Duke defense that was around top 50, top 60 in just about every single statistical category. So this is a hire that when you look at what he was able to do with the Duke program, we've talked a lot about this. If the offense regresses even a little bit, it's okay. They had a great year. But if this defense takes a step up to the top 75, top 60, top 50 next year, you're talking about an eight, maybe nine-win program and really starting to kickstart what Brent Key wants to do in Atlanta. Uh, Santucci's a guy who has really you know, been one of those guys that I think, too, has worked his way up the college ranks, going from – you know, small programs, small programs to really kind of becoming a a budding star in the uh, defensive coaching ranks. So Santucci comes from Duke, comes from the Mike Elko coaching tree, which I think a lot of people can respect. He was under Jimbo Fisher, obviously, you know, at Texas A&M. He has served as Elko's top assistant at multiple different places. Uh, he was the co-DC 
when Elko took over Duke uh, for the Aggies as well. So this is a guy who's coached SEC ball too. So it, it brings me to that's who Tyler Santucci is. Um, Pennsylvania native, you know, this is a guy that, uh, you know, was a, a GA right out of college, you know, making the jump to the power five level uh, has been, and I'll even give you some intel and insight on this as well, uh, has been with Brian Kelly and was able to kind of talk about that uh, to everything. And Ralph just lets me know in the comments, they were easily top 50 in everything. That's a good sign. Uh, you know, when you talk about comparable programs in terms of money, funding, and athletes you're bringing in between Duke and Georgia Tech, that's a really, really good sign. So that's who Tyler Santucci is. Now let's get the early reactions. So this is fresh. This is uh, so fresh and so clean that we're rolling with this one, Ralph. The early reaction to the hire of Tyler Santucci. I want to start with this. I want to start with a recruiting acumen. This is a guy who, in his time at Texas A&M, I've already mentioned the name Harold Perkins. I've mentioned the name Shamar Stewart. Folks, A&M might not have been, you know, this had the success of the results that they wanted. But it wasn't because of a lack of accumulation of talent. And Santucci was a really, really big part of those dominant recruiting classes that were brought into College Station. Now, is he going to be able to recruit at that level at Georgia Tech right now? No. But what it does tell you is this is a guy who has been places, understands how to get you know, into the rooms, into the homes of these kids, and make a lasting impression on not only the kid, but the family as well. Uh, he, he has that acumen. He's a young, energetic guy. I mean, this is going to be huge, especially in a state where you're not going to slow down, not just Georgia, but Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, Ohio State, Florida, Florida State. I mean, this is one of the most densely populated, you know, states of talent in the state of Georgia that you reside in. But Santucci's going to get you in some of these rooms, and, and he's going to lead you to the finish line of a lot of these recruitments that maybe folks on the outside looking in sit there and say, well, you know, there's Georgia, there's Tennessee, Auburn, and there's Georgia Tech. And look, for the Georgia Tech fan, that might be, you know, a little bit uh, distasteful. But for the average college football fan, that's going to come off as a shock. And that's what he can do. He, he can lead you to the finish line. And eventually, as the results start to match what you're preaching and what you're pitching to these kids, it's going to make a big difference. So that is the first initial reaction. This is a guy who loves to recruit, is crazy about recruiting. And I think they're really excited to get in that building and to get out into the state of Georgia, you know, as this open period is currently going on. That's the first thing. The second thing, and I was texting with a some some folks on the Georgia Tech side of things about this, you know, late into tonight here on Friday. This is a hire that shows to me the acumen that Brent Key is trying to roll with here. We saw this last year. You know, Georgia Tech was in this situation. We saw it last year with the offensive side of things. Now we're seeing it with the defensive side of things. Taking a chance, a calculated risk on some of the young and up-and-comers. Because it's really, you know, it, it's a conversation that we all have, you know, whether it's Georgia Tech, whether it's Alabama, what they just did over in Tuscaloosa. Do you go the retread route? So do you go for the 50, the 60, the 70-year-old guy that has the experience? Or are you trying to get the next up-and-comer that maybe has better recruiting handles, maybe better relationships with, the, you know, ability to, uh, you know, mimic what these kids want to see and what they want to hear? If that's the case... And I think that's where we're starting to see this Brent Key staff go in this direction. 
Last year, it was Buster Faulkner. You poach him off of the national championship staff over there in Athens, and you see the changes, the culture changes he made to you offensively. He helped you get an identity. Now, it helped having Haynes King as a quarterback. It helped you know skill players elevating, but it changed the culture and the mindset of that offensive staff and that offensive room. I think Santucci's right along the same lines of this. There's not going to be an excuse of, we can't win here at Georgia Tech. There's not going to be an excuse of, oh, we can't be in these recruiting battles. This is a guy that just recruited well at Duke. This is a guy who just led, and like Ralph you know, threw in the background here, this is a guy who was at Duke, 19.8 points per game allowed, 146 yards on the ground, and 208 passing. That's under, or I'm sorry, that's not quite under. It's a little bit tad under 350 yards a game they're giving up. Georgia Tech would welcome that into Atlanta with the way their defense played this year. It's a guy who understands not how to recruit, but how to coach and develop. Now, Mike Elko is a big part of that. I want to you know, preface that. Elko is a really good defensive mind, but this is from that coaching tree. And for Georgia Tech to pluck this, bring it to Atlanta, steal something from another ACC school, I, I absolutely love that. So my early reaction to is the fact that this is a recruiting uh, you know, plus for you in the state of Georgia and getting into these rooms and understanding, you know, what it takes to compete against the SEC schools who have more money, have better, you know, facilities, have larger NIL opportunities. He understands how to work those battles. And it also, from an on the field perspective, this is a guy like Ralph, you know, Ralph just threw in the comments uh, in, the, in the private chat of this was, he had a top 50 defense. Folks, if Georgia Tech had a top 50 defense and people can laugh about it, you're talking about a 7-8-9 win team. Like, if you had a top 50 defense, you probably win two or three more games. And you might even find yourself in Charlotte this past year. We can't dwell on that, but going into this year, a lot of uncertainty, new rosters in the ACC. Georgia Tech's trying to bring in some continuity. And I wanted to add this. You bringing in the defensive line guy and bringing in a guy like Jess Simpson here, it provides continuity, guys who are familiar with each other. That's really, I think, going to help in knowing what is happening down in the defensive line room, what's happening in the linebackers room, and in the DB room. DB room, we still got to figure out what's going on there. Uh, but, you know, just having all of these different things, I think, is going to be very, very interesting. And, you know, he's going to be able to work, obviously, with Kyle Pope as well. Uh, that's another example, I think, of bringing in a guy who is a young, energetic guy that can help recruit as well. and growing in his own career. But Georgia Tech is shifting the focus from not hiring retreads to being a school that is going to, hey, let's take the best of maybe where it's even with us or below. Let's develop it. And yeah, they might move on somewhere else down the line, but now we're going to start to become a program where, hey, you can get another job somewhere else. And that's okay. Ralph just threw this in the chat for me. We talked about Duke's defense, 19.8 points per game allowed last year, 146 yards on the ground, 208.3 passing yards per game. That was top 50 by a mile. Georgia Tech's defense this past year allowed 30.5 points per game, 225 yards on the ground, and 212 through the year. Folks, that's the difference between two wins, one or two wins in a season, being able to make those stops. I love this hire. I think this is, spells... I think that this gives fans faith about what Brent Key is building, even with the roller coaster season they had. Yeah, it's great. You finish seven and six, you won a bowl game against another power five team in UCF. That's a great thing. But you want to keep the momentum rolling. You want to stay out in front. And look, there was a long waiting period. 
talked with some, you know, some fans who really, some of them said, Hey, it's okay that we're waiting. I just want something else to talk about. And I, I, you know, I want that. Others were concerned. I think Drew Tate got the guy they really, really wanted. And I'll even, you know, lay this on you. A lot of people know that I'm down here in Baton Rouge covering LSU. And this is a guy in Santucci who was employed by Brian Kelly's staff in Notre Dame. And so was able to kind of reach into, you know, some of those relationships. And what I was told about Santucci is he's a guy who is aggressive in all aspects, not just as an on the field football coach, but in the classroom, in workouts and on the recruiting trail. Georgia Tech really needs that. I mean, I, I cannot hit hard enough on that. They really, really need that. And so I think that's an encouraging sign. And even, you know, Brian Kelly talking uh, his about, you know, his staffs previously and some folks that, you know, obviously were on those staffs being able to say this is a guy who it makes sense that he's kind of, you know, ascended up to this role. So, you know, Santucci is a guy that I think has been involved when you start to look at, you know, a lot of the different roles that he's been in. Uh, look, he's a good evaluator. He's a good recruiter. He's great at relationships and he's building a resume. And look, if we're just being honest, you know, I hate, I hate to, I don't think this is, should, this is not a surprise. And we're, we're truthful on the show. If Santucci comes here and puts together three straight top 40 defenses, he's going to get a job at a big 10 or sec school. Like that's just how it is. Or he's going to go get a head coaching job. Now here's the problem folks. You you would hate to lose a guy like that, but the chain reaction that sets off is one. That means you were good enough to have to bring a guy in. That is when people want the people on your staff, you're in a good place as a program. <laughs> I know Ralph's down there, the, you know, at the bottom and he's obviously hurt with what happened to Troy, but it says a lot about what they built down at Troy that other teams want to come in and they want to interview your, your coaches. And that says a lot about Brent key as a leader. The second part of that is you're now showing to that next crop, that next group of young position coaches, young coordinators of, hey, you can come here, put together three, four, five years, and maybe you find yourself with a head coaching gig somewhere or as a big time power five, you know, D.C. at a Ohio State, a Penn State, you know, a, a Florida State, you know, and look, I know those teams are some of the rivals and some might view, not view them as a step up. But in the grand scheme of money making, they are. And so I absolutely love this hire from the Georgia Tech's perspective of things. I'm excited from the things that I've heard both on the Atlanta side and from some of his past employers side about what they can do and to galvanize and keep this program moving in a positive direction. So it takes us to our final segment of the show. And it's where does tech go from here? Okay, so let's just... Let's just take a deep breath here. You have Kyle Pope. You have a guy who, according to Football Scoop's report, Kyle Pope is going to continue to work with the defensive lineman. You've got Jess Simpson, who's really only experiences with defensive line. And you now have a situation of where there's only so many coaching spots to fill. And that, and that's the question everyone's asking right here. Of You only have so many spots to fill. So so what does that mean? Well, look, this is, you know, you know that you have let go of two coaches, okay, on the field coaches. The question mark remains of what's happening up front with Marco Coleman. And while there has been obviously no official announcement about that, you would have to assume, and this is just us kind of, this is no intel or anything. This is what you would have to assume in being is that if Simpson and Pope are here, there's not a spot for Marco Coleman. Okay, so let's just play the hypothetical that Coleman's out. You still need a DB's coach. If you only let go of three, 
that means one on-the-field coaching spot, you know, remains at large. If you go get a DB's coach, what does that mean? Well, it kind of would mean maybe Kevin Scherer, who we talked about this. No one really thought he really wanted the D.C. job to begin with. He may take a step back as an off-the-field analyst, which I think at this junction of his career, he would welcome. Still can work with the linebackers. But a lot of times these D.C.s have special, special, you know, um, positions they can coach. So is Santucci going to be kind of your linebackers guy along with Kevin Scherer? And you're going to, you know, have a defensive backs coach. I'll also put it in here on some good authority. There's going to be a group effort, and there was during the bowl game, uh, you know, to help coach some of these guys from the GA's perspective, from some of the analysts. It's not just the position coach title that these guys are pouring into. So there, there's still a lot of working out of the specific roles. And until Georgia Tech makes an official statement on that, you know, we're not going to have clear-cut information. This is more speculation. This is not reporting. This is more of the sports talk speculation aspect of kind of where they go. So from the coaching perspective, that's what you see. Well, let's talk about what do you do now? You need help up front defensively. Your front seven has to get better. It has to get stronger. I do believe it has gotten stronger from a coaching perspective. Now it's time for the personnel. Get into the winter workouts. Develop these guys from a strength perspective, from a conditioning perspective. Get them into shape to where they can be dominant forces, and that can translate to the practice field while also using this time of, look, folks, the the transfer portal window might have closed. And I haven't said this to Ralph. I was talking with some people about this today, but guys, we really might enter a period of this spring might be something like unlike anything we've ever seen because of the domino effect of what happened with Nick Saban. And what I mean by that is you could very well have a team entering into fall camp with their own transfer portal window still being open because now Washington has a position to fill whatever school they poach from. Then, you know, that's going to happen. And then on down the line, it's not going to be, in my opinion, a massive power five program. It's probably going to be a lower level power five group of five or even FCS program. So the idea that the portal is going to be just shut off close for anyone to enter until spring ball. Yes. By the, the calendar of the NCAA, which holds zero weight to begin with the calendar of the NCAA. Yes, that makes sense. But what you also need to understand is every single time a head coach leaves, a 31 day clock starts. And so, look, I'm not saying that Georgia Tech is going to go into Washington and poach some players, but we've already seen them have some relationships with Alabama. I mean, that wouldn't be, you know, maybe there's a kid from the state of Georgia over there that, you know, didn't really get playing time they're able to bring over. We've seen them do that with several players already. Also, they've got to take advantage of this open period. Get these guys on the road. Coaches went on the road this week, uh, you know, to kind of kick off this open period where they can talk with them until I believe it's February 3rd, 4th, or 5th is when the dead period starts once again. So, look, you hit the ground running. You're recruiting. You are constantly trying to evolve as a program because I'll end it with this. You are in a spot where you found solid footing. You gain some momentum. Now you got to keep the ball rolling because you can't afford to step back. You can't afford to kind of uh, sit there and twiddle your thumbs in the ever-changing landscape of college football. So I think that's where Georgia Tech sits. I think Santucci, from everything that I have heard, both on, you know, just from industry people about this hire, is that it's a good one, is that it's one that is a guy who understands how to coach, understands the current landscape of college football, and that Tech fans should be happy about that his office is going to reside, obviously, there in or near Bobby Dodd Stadium, right out there on oh, that's Bobby Dodd Stadium. But, hey, it's a big-time hire. 
And, and I'm excited to watch kind of how he dives into and starts to hear from some of these recruits what those relationships are like. But hey, emergency podcast episode, obviously the big news, Georgia Tech hires Tyler Santucci for the defensive coordinator role. What are your thoughts? Let us know if you're watching on YouTube down in the comments below. If you're listening anywhere, you might be finding your podcast, whether that's Apple or Spotify. We appreciate you as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Keep those numbers climbing as we get ready for a big 2024. And look, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, but you also love college football, join myself, Ralph Leary, and Will Manis as we talk college football at least once or twice a week and the ever-changing landscape. There is no such thing as an offseason. This is about to be the craziest January and February we've ever seen, folks, and we cannot wait to bring that content to you. For Ralph Leary in the background, my name is Bryce Kuhn. We'll catch you next time here. Swarm Talk, brought to you by the Crowder Booth. Coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.